Alright, welcome back to another episode of, what's this called again? Act, Root to Fruit. And I am, my name is Marcel, I am working really hard to, to wrap my hands around the roots of the contextual behavioral sciences so that us non-congenital behaviorists can, can make sense of this, this, this work and be as precise as possible and deliver the most pristine fruits possible to our clients. So today I am joined by the only person I, I think I've probably ever met who um, had a pin that was fashioned after them. Do you know what I'm talking about? No, I have no idea what you're So when about. I was at, gosh, I, I don't remember if it was in Sevilla or Montreal, I was in a, in a, in a FAP intensive with a gentleman named Brett. And <laughs> now I know. Okay. And, and, and he about. had a, and we did some work together, you know, in the, in the experiential side and, and he had a pin on that said something about Miranda. I don't remember what, but I all, it was admiring. It either said friends with Miranda ah, or, yeah. Yeah. or it might've said it's all about Miranda. No, I think it was friends of Miranda. Okay. Okay. And I thought it was like a 12 step thing, you know, cause they say friends of Bill W for the, <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, I was like, I got to meet this, this woman. And then, so, so, uh, you, you thoroughly lived up to the pin expectations. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot. I had forgotten about that. And I remember being unbelievably self-conscious about that. Um, it was really just some friends of mine, including Brett Howard, mm-hmm. um, celebrating that I had, I think that was my first year as member at large of the CBS board. Yeah. And I felt massively inadequate to the task. And so their, oh. the game for them, the whole conference was, this is my rise to power. Mm. You know? And look at you now. Let me thoroughly introduce you, President-elect Dr. Morris. Okay. So uh, Miranda Morris is a psychologist in the DC area. You have a practice yep. in Bethesda, True North, and I will put a link to that in the uh, description. And you have been a part of the Association for Contextual Behavioral Sciences for a while now. Yeah, over 10 years okay. now. Yeah, you you started the Mid-Atlantic chapter, correct? Yes, with a lovely group of people and uh, it's alive and well. Yeah, and uh, and you're a rock star. I, I'm not sure that I would go with that latter bit, but I did <laughs> help start the Mid-Atlantic chapter. <laughs> And I do spend a lot of time engaging with uh, ACBS-related yeah. initiatives and undertakings. What, when you first arrived to the contextual behavioral sciences, uh, where had you been and what, what drew you to them? So I was originally trained in, um, you know, sort of old school mainstream cognitive behavioral therapy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then also cognitive processing therapy, which is okay. a cognitive behavioral trauma therapy. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I was drawn to both because I really felt that these models would give me the sentences to say to be a good therapist, right? And, and, the, and there were worksheets too, which mm-hmm. you know, was additionally heartening and emboldening. And what I found was that I just couldn't make CBT work. Mm-hmm. I just didn't do it effectively with clients. I'm yeah. not a very, I'm not good at structuring sessions mm-hmm. uh, in the way that my supervisors wanted me to. And 
I am personally terrible at thought refutation and restructuring. I just, my thinking just doesn't move. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I, did, however, really like CPT because I liked the exposure part and mm -hmm. I liked working with trauma survivors. Mm -hmm. And it was actually in the lab um, or in our community clinic, our trauma clinic that I stumbled across uh, an unbound version of get out of your mind and into your life. Mm. Interesting. First manual, and I read the first chapter, mm-hmm. and I thought, "Oh, so this is how it works." Yeah, and I was sold. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, I, I can agree, I can relate to the, you know, traditional CBT just not being a good fit, and uh, oftentimes the thought refutation. I I kind of feel like I'm in, like I'm litigating. A yeah. Little bit. <laughs> Yeah. And and like, and like, and who wins and who loses. And I always lose. What was your experience of, of, of really metabolizing the, the underpinnings of this work? Um, I started reading a lot. Okay. And I looked for opportunities to do training, but that was a long time ago and it wasn't available. It was soon thereafter that I would move to the DC area. We didn't have a lot of peer reviewed folks Mm -hmm. coming through. Um, and so I joined a peer support group or a peer consultation group, okay. mindfulness-based therapists. And, and the ACT people in that group, we kind of, we, the group sort of split. Yeah. And we started teaching each other. Mm-hmm. And then as we were able to establish a chapter, set ourselves up in such a way that we could start inviting peer-reviewed folks to come. Okay. Which is very expensive, <laughs> right? And scary when you're sort of putting your own money on the mm-hmm. line, which is how we started. And so we agreed um, that we would all um, become real students of ACT and contextual behavioral science, and, and we would become our own sort of teachers and trainers. Yeah. And did the, did the behavioral talk, the, did that make sense to you when you picked this up? Some. I mean, um, you know, I had studied behaviorism some in college which Mm -hmm. i don't really think is adequate a little bit in graduate school yeah um but i find it absolutely fascinating so while i'm not sure that i was born into this tribe Mm -hmm. um because i I never really fully got it the cognitive in cognitive behavioral therapy made more sense to me in some ways than the behavioral Um, i have since become just a voracious reader of um you know, stuff having to do with behaviorism and functional contextualism and RFT. Okay. Right? I want to know that stuff. And I, I don't think that my, I don't think my language skills will ever catch up. Yeah. I speak heavily accented RFT <laughs> and behaviorism, yeah. um, I like but that. it makes sense to me and I love uh-huh. it. And it feels really important to me to share it with people. Right. Yeah. Like it's not enough. I think this maybe isn't fair, but I think act on its own. Um, is kind of lacking if you don't have yeah. the foundations. If you don't have the roots. Yeah. Well, you yeah. didn't. You campaigned on make CBS great again, didn't you, for your, your presidential? <laughs> Dang it! How <laughs> did I miss that one? My experience is, is if if you if you're familiar with the processes of ACT, and you're, yeah. and you're kind of working in that, you're 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 practicing the techniques of yeah. that are mind, mindfulness based techniques. Now, do you know when to use them and how to use them? Probably not. I don't know. So, <laughs> right? I don't know. I mean, I, 
Like, I guess, I, I guess I'm just, I, part of the question is what's the danger of just saying I'm, I practice mindfulness based therapy and, you know, I, I have these, these, these techniques that I use that are, uh, you know, I'm not really sure what people are doing when they say I practice mindfulness based therapy. I mean, mindfulness, okay. as you may have noticed is super trendy. It is hard to find a therapist who isn't saying, mm -hmm. oh yeah, I do mindfulness work. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm sure some of them are doing it really well and some are, you know, kind of doing a, a light sprinkling Yeah. Um, or maybe not doing it very skillfully. I have to assume that range exists. Yeah. What I think distinguishes contextual behavioral practitioners from kind of that way of working is that I think that, that we, because of our functional contextual roots and our behavioral roots, um, when we're using, when we're teaching people mindfulness and various mindful awareness skills or attentional flexibility skills, we're doing it with function in mind. Yeah. Right. I don't teach people mindfulness so that they can say, I practice mindfulness. Right. I, 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 I look for different ways to teach people mindful awareness skills because I have a particular function or functions in mind. Yeah. Right. I want them to be able to move their attention when they need to move their attention right out of the past, out of the future to the present moment. I want them um, to be able to um, attune to right what is actually available in a given moment mm -hmm. in their lives. Uh, I mean, mindfulness is really it's really about being able to control your attention. Right. And in so doing, being able to show up where you need to show up, when you need to show up there and do what you need to do. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm very pragmatic about it and don't even always call it mindfulness with clients, like clients who think it's really woo-woo. Mm -hmm. I talk about attentional flexibility. I talk about awareness. Um, yeah, it's, it's, become, right, it's the, become pretty watered down. It's super watered down. Yeah. And, I, and there are a lot of legitimate criticisms out there for how Western psychology is using it. Mm. Um, and I really try to, to, to use you know, attentional flexibility, awareness, context sensitivity, that kind of stuff. Like I'm te That's what I'm teaching. Mm -hmm. So that people can make change, yeah. so that they can here's what so that they can um, get better at seeing what actually happens in their lives, right? You know how human beings have this unfortunate way of doing the same thing again and again, even though it doesn't work. No, not at all. I know you've probably never <laughs> done that. Um, like we're not good mm -hmm. at seeing what actually happens as a consequence or a function of our behavior. Yeah. Right. If you can enhance people's ability to get present and pay attention, ah, right. It's like turning the lights on. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's I mean, every time I yell at my husband, he withdraws. Mm. Huh? How did I not notice that for fifteen years? Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. And so, so I think sort of mindfulness-based therapy. I I'm going to assume that people are coming from a different place. Um, not a bad place, but I don't think that they're thinking in terms of function and context. Could you could you talk more about learning about function as a therapist and how how what worked for you to to start to to pick that up? So I I think about function. Um, well, I mean, I'll say like I'm super self conscious again, right? Not my first language, so mm -hmm. I'm always worried that I'm going to say this wrong. So yeah. hold this all lightly. Yeah. What I, I have gone from, you know, because of sort of my basic training in, in 
behaviorism gone from understanding the function of say behaviors, Mm -hmm. right? The consequences of behaviors as something to think about and, and sometimes target in therapy to this broader view of function. And this is the really fun part, right? The function of nonverbal behavior, or rather of verbal behavior or or internal or private Mm -hmm. behavior, right? The function of buying into particular thoughts, right? Or feelings or sensations um, as really the cool work that we do, right? So you can think, I think about it a couple of different ways, right? There, There are stories and thoughts that we have in our heads that sort of seem to have a function, right? We, um, sometimes they function to control us. Mm-hmm. Or you could say, right, we buy into them and therefore, right, they have the function of controlling us. Mm-hmm. And when you really start looking at kind of verbal behavior and its functions, it opens up this, like this incredibly open, curious space, wherein like I find now my lead question is, and I don't necessarily phrase it this way, is sort of something like, I have no idea what you're talking about, hmm. right? So when my client says, you know, I really want to do that differently, I, 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 just, I don't know what to do, right? What I want to talk about is, what does that mean, I don't know what to do? Mm-hmm. Tell me about I don't know what to do, right? Or when a client says, well, you know, you're the pro, that's what I pay you for, <laughs> It's a great opportunity to just bring complete curiosity to that. Like, mm-hmm. ah, what's inside of that? What's inside of that's what I pay you for? Right? Like these snippets of language, these words, these phrases, these colloquialisms mm-hmm. that are just, you know, deep with meaning. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that my, you know, my current infatuation with function is what sort of got me thinking that way. Right? Take nothing at face value right? Language isn't literal anyway, mm-hmm. right? It's all pretty arbitrary. And so thinking in terms of function invites you to look at like, what's going on here? What's happening as opposed to having kind of the ordinary conversation. Okay. And then, I mean, doing that in the, in the, in the therapy office while being attuned to pacing and, and what the, what the client is, is needing or yeah. I don't know, needing, but yeah, you know, What's going to help the client? Yeah. So it's a yeah. lot. It's a lot to juggle. It, you know, it is. Um, but I, I have to say, it, one of the other sort of side benefits mm-hmm. is it really is a great way to slow down. And I, I've got a lot of very analytical, talky, thinky clients. Mm-hmm. And I think it was Robin Walser who said in a workshop once, when you've got a client, you know, who's going a mile a minute, hurry up and slow down. Yeah. Right. And so just sort of taking a little piece and saying, can we just stay with this? Mm-hmm. Can we get inside this idea or this, right? Whatever it is. Maybe it's a feeling or a sensation. Yeah. Um, I think we, I think we derive more in terms of sort of workable stuff out of that work than we do in trying to sort of, keep up, right? Or hit everything or do a lot of interventions. Mm-hmm. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And so I'm wondering if, if maybe, you know, we had talked earlier, the last time we talked about, um, I think the imposter syndrome panel mm. you're going to be on. Yes. And I, I wonder if we could kind of maybe talk a little bit about that and unpack a little bit of the function of that rule. Oh, yeah. Well, 
so we, I, I and a friend did an imposterism workshop in Dublin, and now we're doing a panel, a different group's doing a panel. Mm-hmm. Now I anticipate doing something on imposterism like every year at World Conference, should I be so lucky? Um, <laughs> because it is, it is certainly my thing, right? Yeah. Of much, sort of like my top three most oppressive old narratives. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a fraud. I don't know what I'm doing is, you know, it's, a, it's staying strong. Yeah, yeah. And the function piece is really interesting because I find that there's a tremendous tension in kind of the pull, right? Like one of the functions for me when I get bought into it is say no to whatever the opportunity is, Mm -hmm. right? I'm not, I'm not good enough. I'm not capable. You know, Steve Hayes will be in the audience and I'll make a fool of myself, Mm -hmm. whatever. Who's that? Um, yeah, that guy. Exactly. Um, and understanding that, right? Understanding that imposterism, the, the, the function of that whole narrative and all of its many little versions is to, if I, if I buy it, right, is to keep my life really small, is to not take risks, mm. right? For me, it's become a, an almost automatic say yes. Okay. Right. So I yeah. feel the I'm not good enough thing. And I kind of go, oh, shit. Now I have to say yes. Uh-huh. Right. It's just I mean, yeah. I don't want to let it get like, you know, formulaic or to become yeah. a rule. But um, but I think that understanding function has helped me respond much more effectively to mm-hmm. my own imposterism. Mm-hmm. And it's also given me kind of an affection for it. Right. Like I understand that whatever it is, you know, my imposter is really just trying to keep me from being humiliated. Yeah. Protect right. I mean, safety. there's a lot in there. It's yeah. just, I, I really don't want to make an ass of myself. And I imagine it's just a matter of time. Mm-hmm. So protection con- control. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's kind of, I had the image of like, you know, drawing your sword out as soon as someone kind of came at you to ask you to do something. <laughs> you know, like, no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Stay away. Yeah. And with me sort of cowering behind it. Yeah. Right really thinking like, I can't do this. Mm. I, I cannot do something bad will happen if I do this. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's sort of sweet, if not a little misguided. Um, and there are other cool things inside of it, right? I mean, I am a relentless student mm-hmm. of contextual behavioral science. Yeah. Right. So it's like, hmm, okay, so that's, that's a pretty good deal, right? If, if this makes me read RFT, <laughs> And, you know, some of the behaviorism books that I have in my, uh, in my bookshelf. Yeah. I'll take it. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think my version is a little bit more like they're going to see that I don't belong, you know? Oh yeah. And, uh, politely ask me to leave. (laughs) Yeah. Along the same lines though. And it's a big, it's a big shame bound issue for us, I think. It is certainly that for me, right? I mean, in unambiguously, I am not good enough. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that for me cuts across all domains. This is, I mean, I off, I talk about it in in ACBS when it, you know, about like training or being a therapist, but you know, I'm also an inadequate mother and an inadequate friend Mm -hmm. and an inadequate citizen. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, the list goes on. Yeah not good enough. Shouldn't so, really be here. So and it may be not really wanted. So yeah. We're relating on this 
you know, and I feel uh, safe with you to, to also, you know, I, 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 you know, appreciate your talking about that. And I'm wondering how you go about with clients talking about these things in terms of not, not necessarily like, I mean, sharing, but just like, as far as letting them know that, that, you know, that not good enough tale is, is part of everybody's experience. I'm very self-disclosing with my clients. Yeah. Yeah. Right. There, there's a few exceptions, of course, where I have reason to believe that the, that it's sharing this kind of thing about myself is going to land funny and the Mm -hmm. client is going to, you know, get all twisted up in, you know, Miranda doesn't, you know, self-loathing better than I do Mm -hmm. (laughs) or something. But for the most part, barring real concerns, I share this stuff with my clients. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think it's important because they, I mean, our clients, they often idealize us and they think that we've got it all together. Mm -hmm. And I, I I think that that's often an impediment, Mm -hmm. right? Like they're hearing whatever I'm trying to impart through kind of a filter of, Miranda has a perfect life. Mm-hmm. And so without taking too much of their time to tell them about how imperfect my life is, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Um, I, I, I think it's important for them to understand that, that I struggle yeah. in general and, right, depending on what we're talking about, the ways in which I struggle. Yeah. I, I often find myself saying, um, I, I don't know a lot of women who don't. Right. It often becomes a conversation for mm-hmm. me with my female clients about sort of gender and feeling not good mm-hmm. enough. Um, and I, I, I have yet to see someone treat that as minimizing. It's more like, really, you too? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I often will also invite them to kind of have conversations with people about it. You know, in the imposterism literature, right, there's a lot... Um, there's a lot of sort of theoretical stuff. In other words, stuff that people made up about what should help. Mm-hmm. But what, what little data there is really seems to suggest that the, the only thing that I think is measurably helpful, and, and I, I could be off here, but um, the only thing that seems to really help is when someone who is senior to you in position in some sense reveals to you that they also have imposterism, mm. right? So when the person that you admire or think well of think well of says oh yeah i feel like a fraud all the time yeah right that normalizing is really helpful for people yeah okay isn't that something right like it, it ain't well it's not thought restructuring and it's not challenging and it's not finding evidence uh you know that mm. you're not an imposter um you know google it the suggestions are terrible <laughs> yeah yeah oh yeah write down all the reasons that you're not an imposter right I and mean, that's just like an exercise in okay. nausea yeah 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 right I could do that. It would just, it would horrify me. I think us in the, in the, in the X community, FAP community, it's more like write down all the reasons you are an imposter. That's... <laughs> like, right. And wrap yourself around that. Yes. And, right, like carry it with you lovingly. Put a, you know? put one of those boards on and walk down the side of the road. <laughs> right. No, the, the sticker will not suffice. I'm going to need a whole sandwich <laughs> yeah. board up here. Are all the ways in which oh, yeah. I'm taking yeah. a fraud and you don't know. <laughs> if you did know, then you would. Uh... Yeah. Yeah. Well, on that note, I guess I'm I'm curious about uh, one of the other traps in terms of of learning this, and and that's that's like explaining to clients things. Yeah, I think it it it's a challenge to combine kind of I guess talk therapy, mm-hmm. right? Even if we're just talking here about self disclosure and finding a way to help it 
to, to sort of create an experience in that moment, mm-hmm. right? Instead of explaining away to instead perhaps invite a client to just sit with, like, what's it like for you and me talking about this right now? Both of us feeling like frauds. How's that showing up for you? Yeah. Like, what's it like just being present to it, right? Like just staying with, how is this? How is this? How is this? Like maybe we could just be quiet with this for a little yeah. bit and just kind of notice how it moves around inside. Um, I, I, I like, you know, one of the things that's nice about the self-disclosure piece is it's, it's a nice way to do the work with the client, mm-hmm. right? Instead of saying, hey, you know, you stay in those feelings. What if, yeah. what if we stayed here for yeah. a bit? I'm yeah. right here with you. Yeah, that's what I was drawn to act uh initially by was the language and the literature of just us being the same as our clients that were, you know, wasn't talk. It wasn't just like explaining client experience as a separate entity or species. Right. There's very little that my clients bring me that I don't recognize. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I have, I have a trauma history. I have a depression history. I have yeah. plenty of anxiety. I anticipate more moving forward. Right. I've had serious relationship problems. Like, I, I, you know, I'm not a nail biter <laughs> that I can't, I don't get nail biting, but other than that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's been wonderful for me to feel like, oh yeah, I didn't have to like become a perfect person in order mm-hmm. to be a therapist, mm-hmm. which was the original idea, mm. right? Go to grad school and, you know, figure it out and then, you know, return triumphant and whole and then help other people. Yes, I'm raising my hand because I can relate. Raising hand, yes. <laughs> you too, huh? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish that I wish that, uh, and I, I can't speak for all graduate programs. I've only been a couple, but I wish that there was more acknowledgement of that common phenomena. You know, yeah. Just let's just talk about it. How you know? I mean, not everybody's drawn because of that. I can't. I'm not going to say that's a general. You know, but we are. We are drawn for a reason to this profession. Whether it's, you know, certain whatever. And so, I don't know, that's just my sidebar. And I, I think most most of us were looking for a way to be okay, mm-hmm. right? And this is the way that we chose, right? And we thought that they would give us the recipe. Mm-hmm. And there's no recipe. And we spent a few weeks there and we're like, these people do not have the fucking so, recipe. So, like, where are you guys <laughs> going to tell us how to not be messed up? <laughs> like, uh, that's really why I'm here. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. God. I no, I, I wish we started with that because um, I, I often w- will hear younger therapists or beginning therapists, not necessarily younger, but mm. early career therapists often are working very hard to sort of say that they're okay, right? Mm. Or to sort of say like, well, I know that sounds insecure and I, I shouldn't do that. Or I probably, you know, like they'll qualify a lot of their behavior. Yeah in a way that seems to be saying like, I want you Miranda to know that I'm okay. And what I want to say to them is like, I don't need you to be okay. Mm -hmm. In fact, I wish you would stop trying to be okay. I wish you would just be you because this would be so much more fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But I totally understand it. Right. I wanted everyone to think that I, you know, had it together. Yeah. That's what I mean. I, I still do. I still do. I just, you know, looks a little different now. You reminded me of my, um, I need to take a break for a PSA here, public service announcement. And that's, uh, 
don't take yourselves too damn seriously. That's my public service announcement. That's great. I think mm-hmm. we should get buttons like that for yeah. maybe, yeah, for Worldcon. So, so uh, do you, you teach or have you, you've taught therapy courses in the past? Uh, I teach clinicians. You do? Okay. Yeah. But what book would you, if, if you're teaching a master's level course, what book are you, are you going to have a book or books are you going to assign for the course? For a master's level mm-hmm. course. Introductory therapy class. So honestly, I would start with books written for lay people. Okay. I, I just think that that's like, such like a- Like Get Out of Your Mind? I like, I still really like Get Out of Your Mind. So you, but you're saying read books for lay people? Read books for lay people, okay. right? And, and so for me, there's a range. If someone really wants something immediate and accessible and short, mm-hmm. like I, 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 people really like The Happiness Trap. Mm-hmm. Um, my clients really like Be Mighty, which is um, okay. for women. It's aimed at women. Uh, Jill Stoddard. Um, and then there's some that are sort of specific okay. to so, difficulties. Like Emily Sandoz has a really cool body image oh, yeah? disorder one, right? Like, so mm-hmm. those are kind of easier ways in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then sort of depending beyond that, like Steve's book, Liberated Mind, which is very, very like dense, right? Some people, they want, you know, they want the dense thing. So uh, I, okay. I send them that way. Okay. okay. So you're, you're more likely to get them, just get them, get them in the door and then get, we'll work. get them inside, right? Okay. Like a lot of this stuff doesn't make sense, right? And you, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. It's like, it doesn't make sense no. until you do it. Mm-hmm. Like this notion of letting go is so counterintuitive and scary. Yeah. So my, my sister is also an ACT therapist. Mm-hmm. And she the day that she said she really got it, she, she used to um, kind of get upset about things pretty easily. right? She'd get angry and stressed. And so she, she was leaving work and she put her laptop on the hood of her car and thought, this isn't a good idea. Got in her car and drove away, right? Oops, right? And realized two blocks away mm-hmm. that her laptop had flown off her car. She went back to find it. It was gone. And she called me and I said, oh my gosh, do you want me to go back to work with you and help you find it? And she said, no, I was really upset for a minute. And then I realized that that was just an old story that said you should be really upset with yourself mm-hmm. when you lose your laptop, right? So, so stupidly. She said, and then I realized I don't really feel like spending any more time like that. So never mind. Hmm. Right. And that, that was when she was like, Oh, act. Right. Just this decision of, I just don't want to spend my day being mad at myself for a simple mistake. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that when we're doing that, it's much easier to help our clients troubleshoot because once you run out of the cute metaphors and exercises, <laughs> right? Once yeah. you run out, you're going to just kind of go, well, okay, uh-huh. wait, we did that one and we did yeah. this one. And plenty of them are worth repeating, but like you, you kind of need to, I think you need to get stuck in it a bunch yourself. Yes. Understand like, oh, I know what mud yeah. you're in. Yep. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You think that if you're not upset about this, then you're a bad person. Mm-hmm. Right. I recognize that one. Okay. How do we kind of, get inside of that and loosen it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I can vi- vividly remember doing something like uh, eating a pint of ice cream when I'm frustrated and being <laughs> like, I was just talking to a client about, you know, let, letting go two days ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, here I am just not letting go. <laughs> 
Yeah. Right? It's like, oh, here I go again. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love I love how you put that. The 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 thing that, that brings up for me is a quote by Charlie Parker, the saxophone player. Yeah. He uh he said if 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 you don't live it, it's not gonna come out of your horn. Oh that's perfect. Yeah. 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 And uh and it's a big it's a I guess, you know, it's I, as the more I, I I dig in here. The more I see, it's a big, it's a big undertaking. This is a, this is a, a radical conversion from status quo. Yeah. This is totally unnatural. Yeah. What we are asking people to do and what we are asking ourselves to do is totally unnatural, right? Move towards pain. What? Yeah. <laughs> You've yeah. got to be kidding me. Like where in the ancestral environment was that a good idea? Mm-hmm. The fact that it's, you know, being embarrassed as opposed to getting eaten is, you know, lost on our poor brains. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Attending and, and even just, you know, in this culture that we live in, right? Like paying attention to what's available now. Maybe it's so you can appreciate it. Maybe it's so you can make change, like for whatever reason. Like we're built to be out in the future, right? Either reworking the past and learning from it or out in the future planning. Yeah, and we just have no intuitive sense of like, well, this isn't useful right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I've you been, know, go ahead, something go ahead. I'm thinking about as you say this is one of the one of the coolest things for me about ACBS, and I have belonged to other professional organizations before. Mm-hmm. I don't belong to any others now, except well, ABAI, but that's recent. Um, triple, but for the longest time, Triple A, uh, the behavior analyst, right? <laughs> And AAA, because, yeah, and actually AARP at this rate. Um, uh, actually, AAA is, I, I just don't want to, I don't want to make a plug for them because they're, they're pretty terrible agency. So if you have <laughs> options, go with another roadside. That's your other person, PSA. Yeah. <laughs> that may be the most important thing. They have, they do some today. terrible lobbying. It's just, anyways, okay, so, yeah. <laughs> um, but one of the things, and I totally didn't see this coming with ACBS, right? I, I joined because I wanted access to resources and training. Mm -hmm. And what I realized is that like probably more than half of my friends, like my real friends Mm. are ACBS people. Yeah. I had no idea that you could be friends with colleagues. Yeah. But I think because everyone is doing what you and I are talking about, really like trying to Mm. live this, right. And and it's coming out of our horns. (laughs) Yeah. Like, Oh my gosh, I love these people. Yeah. Um, and you know, so much of what I do is an opportunity really just to hang out. (laughs) Like, yeah, let's do a task force. Who's on it? (laughs) I want to, I need to do what I need to do is an episode on, um, you know, being in relationship with those who aren't CBSers. (laughs) Oh yeah. You're going to want a trauma person for that. (laughs) Yeah, because I I don't know you know my my experience uh you know or especially after my first boot camp was like I just like recognized everyone in my life and how how uh, non contextually um, f- functional contextually they were they were living yeah. and it really was I mean it's you know it's it's me but so yeah. it's usually pretty benign but sometimes it makes conversations very difficult. <laughs> So so let's talk more about the community aspects. You. Um, 
what I don't know. I want to, I want to hear more about your experience in the in the in the peer supervision group uh, and and how that has benefited your your work. So our peer group when we start, I think we started out pretty small. We now have quite a few people. Okay. Right? Yeah, like I think we have twenty five people. Oh. And you're still meeting. We are. We're mm-hmm. online right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really what it is is it's it's almost like. I guess I think of it as like an entryway to ACBS for people because I'm always inviting people to join, mm-hmm. even though it's way too big. My office will not, you know, like we squeeze in at nine. You model your experiential work happens every time, generally. That's the, that's you know, it really ranges. It depends on who's there because okay. experience level ranges from, you know, trainer to brand new person who still doesn't know what all six core processes are. Okay. Um. And so it, it, sort of how we spend our time varies, but my favorite groups are the ones in which we have either talked about our own stuff, yeah, right? Like being bored with clients, not liking clients, mm-hmm. um, you know, being afraid to, to be more assertive with clients. Like that's what I really like. Yeah. I like that work and, um, We've also incorporated some bits of improv at times, hmm. right? Where, um, and this is really fun to do. Uh, we don't do this enough where we'll sort of tap in and out where you've got, you've got a therapist and a client mm-hmm. and, um, and I actually belong to another peer group where we are doing this online. Mm-hmm. Um, so that as soon as the therapist either, you know, hits a high note or gets stuck, or just raises their hand, yeah. you just tap them out. Okay. And another person steps in. They do this in improv, oh, that's great. right? Like much. you well, and what it does is it means you're not gonna you're not gonna get stuck, you're not gonna get trapped. Yeah. And you're encouraged to just play, right? Improvise. Love it. Just you know, try a little diffusion here. Okay, yeah. does someone wanna like move in with some maybe acceptance piece over here? Okay, yeah, I'll do it. Tap them out. Yeah. Um, with this really kind of loving, supportive, I've got your back. That's great. Uh, kind of context for that, which it's my, I used to hate doing role plays in a group setting. And now I think it's so fun. Yeah. Right. Don't be good. Don't be skillful. Experiment. Yeah. And don't worry. All you have to do is raise your hand and you're gone or you do something good and you're gone or you look stuck and you're saved. So that I think in terms of peer group stuff is that's what makes it possible to take a group of people. Cause I, I am one of the more advanced people in the group, but I'm not teaching that's what it, it's, I'm irrelevant in a sense. Um, that's what makes it possible mm-hmm. for peers to teach each other mm-hmm. act, mm-hmm. which is important because there are lots of places where you are not going to find much of an act community. You don't see peer review trainers rolling through very often. Um, the online training thing is relatively new. Like mm-hmm. sometimes we have to teach ourselves. And mm-hmm. I think that our group has done that. I, I'm so proud of us. Right. We taught each other to be act therapists and then we started teaching each other to be act trainers. One of the things we did early on, we, another woman who was involved in the group fronted some money because mm-hmm. she could mm-hmm. not a whole bunch though, yeah. to just reserve a space and have a training. And we reached out to Sonia Batten who then connected us with Matt Vallat and Jen Vallat. Yeah. And the three of them came and they did a workshop for us, yeah. which was fabulous. Yeah. 
right? And with registration, right, we were able to cover our costs. I mean, it was a risk, right? Mm -hmm. um, especially at a time when we weren't sure what interest would be. Um, but, you know, part of it was the, the goodwill. A big part of it was their goodwill saying, we'll do this really inexpensively, right? If we don't get an honorarium, we're okay, pay our travel. Mm -hmm. We were able to pay them an honorarium, yeah, um, which was wonderful. But I think sometimes you have to be kind of bold in that way. Mm -hmm. I, th I, th I think this is a big stumbling block for a lot of people, whether it's peer group or chapter or SIG, people sort of say, ah, I don't really know what to do. Um, and there's not a, 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 you know, a single answer for that, but in, in a broad sense, I think it's take some risks. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And find people who will work with you. Yeah. Right. Find people who will help you. I think I got really lucky that I, happen to be with people who were also interested in making things mm. happen. Yeah. We feed off of each other. Yeah. Hey, you know, I did some, some consultation with various folks in the, in the community and that was really helpful. And then, and then I got more involved with the online peer supervision group, which I, I think is available to any ACBS member. And Who's leading that? There's two of them. I, and, uh, I don't know. I, I will. There have I, been, there have been a number of them over yeah, the years. They're free. They're great. Yeah, it's great. It's great. It's a great way to, to get in. They meet every other week, and I don't know who organizes it. I, I think ACBS pays for the, you know, the, the, Zoom. Zoom, the Zoom. And they have one that's that yeah. meets at, you know, in, in, in United States time, it meets at, a, at, you know, in the in the morning, in the middle of the night, because yeah. it's somewhere else. And then the other one is on Fridays at nine, and um, it's a great group. It's wonderful. It's an amazing way to, to practice and learn, and they do some great stuff. And to meet people from sometimes all yeah, over the world. All over yeah. the world. All over the world. Yeah. The, the one tricky part is it's nice to have people in your area, right? Yeah. Like I can, I can almost always refer to ACT people here, yeah. which was not true 10 years ago. No. And, 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 and how awesome is that? It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing, right? Like we're speaking the same language. Yeah. The clients are sort of, you know, coming back and forth like, a, you know, like, especially if it's a couple or something, right? Like they're both doing the same thing at the same time. Yeah. Right. Or the couple's work isn't, the individual work isn't undermining the couple's work, whatever. Yeah. Um, which I think is just great. And I get to spend more time with people that I really like. And you've, you put a lot of yourself into that community there. And I, I, I could imagine I, it I, feels I very have. rewarding to see, to see. That's, yeah. It's like my baby. Yeah. I love it. Right. Like, because we, you know, part of why we, started becoming really serious about knowing this stuff is because we needed to go out and do trainings. Um, we needed to raise money for the chapter. We need, I mean, we took our mission seriously, right. Yeah. To disseminate. And that turned into growing a community. Yeah. So, so the improv thing is, is it's like the core, I mean, the corollary is kind of like just fall on your face. That's what you got to do to learn. Totally. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Right. There's this whole notion of improv of like, you know, don't try to be funny. Don't try to do it a particular way. Yeah. Welcome mistakes. Sometimes those are the best opportunities, yeah. right? And it's low stakes. Yeah. And I think that um, that it's a great way to sort of play with act concepts, mm -hmm. um, right? When you have permission, or, or when you when you've given it to yourself, or have been given permission to like, don't worry about it. Make a mistake. Say something really stupid. Do a really stupid diffusion technique just so yeah. that we can sort of see what happens with a really stupid diffusion technique, yeah. Blah, yeah. right? Because um, it's all good. It's all stuff to learn from. Um, what would Joanne say when you would say something like, it's all good? 
I would never say that to Joe. <laughs> you know she was my supervisor. I know. I know. Right? No way. <laughs> Although I don't think she would disagree with this approach to doing I know, I know. workshops or peer supervision, right? Like just get in there and just freaking do something. So I, know, I think I she'd probably endorse that. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah, she would. She would. I just, mm-hmm. uh, I think she would say something. I, I don't know if it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> what, do you, what does that mean? Like, what does that mean? Uh, I, I don't know. Never mind. <laughs> God, I, I, lo- I love her. And I'm, that's why. I I'm, do too. Yeah, that's why I'm. So yeah, and and actually, she we she she sat down with me, tell a tell a whatever this is, and uh, I felt so pumped up after talking to her, and uh, it was just so awesome. I'm so excited to share that with everybody. Yeah, uh, I, I I can't wait to. I actually really want to hear that episode. Um, yeah, yeah. She's so smart. Yeah. And so pragmatic. Yeah. And so she's really so no bullshit. It's you know, she's just the supervisor I uh-huh. needed. Yeah. 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 So, so, okay. So I just want to fill in, finish my, I, I didn't, I didn't find the community in, in my near vicinity that I, I was um, craving. And so I, yeah. I just did, you know, did trainings and, and this and that, and uh, <clears throat> that was really helpful. If you're out there listening and you're, you're alone in your community, um, find, find your people somehow. And I know that uh, you are more than available for advice on, on organizing chapters, Miranda and, uh, and feedback on totally on any anything having and, to do with and strategies for getting a trainer to come to your area, which okay. is a good way to get act interested yes, people in yes, the same yes. room, quote unquote, mm-hmm. real or virtual. Yeah, so you can start talking to folks. Yeah. And I think the online option. Well, I, I didn't think that was going to work because I hate Zoom, but I've gotten over it. Yeah, right. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well. This has been fun. Yes, it I like, has. I like. Hanging I always with like you. talking to you. Yeah, I, I really enjoy talking to you too, and uh, and hopefully we'll do some more improv in the future. And the other thing too, I just want to mention as we as we wrap up here is is I think you're such a, a, a awesome testament to like, you know, just the variety within within this work, and in terms of in terms of finding your style, you know, I, I feel you as the, having this really genuine Miranda Morris style that you. Um, you know, it's not a, it's not, it's just, it's just uh, robust and this, this, uh, this work, we don't all have to be a certain person or pretend to be a certain person to do this work, you know, or affect some kind of yeah behavior. No, I spent years trying to be Robin Walser. Yeah. I'm still trying to be Robin Walser, but it's not working. <laughs> no. So I'm just, yeah. But yeah. And, and we need, and we need a million different voices. Yeah. 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 I, I so thank I thank you for that feedback. That's really nice. Yeah. So I'm going to post a um, link and information to your private practice up north in Bethesda. True north. True north. And I kind of like I kind of like up north. That's cute. <laughs> we were joking today that we should have named the practice nice and normal because we were trying to identify our clinical style. So we we're like, okay. oh, nice and normal. Yeah. Um, but it's actually true north. We're stuck with that. And yeah, people are welcome to reach out to me for anything, um, including, right. Like, Oh, I'm in the DC area or I'm in the mid Atlantic and I'm interested Mm -hmm. in the chapter. Yeah. Um, like if I can't help you, I'll try to point you towards someone who can. Um, but if I can help then, then I'll want to. Yeah. Sounds good. And uh, also available for consultation. 
totally. Yep. Not supervision. Not supervision. Because <laughs> there's such a huge difference between the two. <laughs> Massive. Yeah. Night and day. Night and night day. And day. <laughs> I'm just going to say that publicly to acknowledge that. And um, uh, okay. Thank you. This is awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. I also want to just mention that um, if you are just enamored with the sound of my voice and you want more of it, I mm. have uh, I have another podcast that I'm doing. It's called Honorable Evolution. And where it what? is- Honorable evolution. That sounds great already. Yeah, thank you. So what it is is, it's it's just I'm talking. I'm I'm trying to celebrate people who have prioritized the hell out of health. Okay, to figure out what is health, and so I, I'm talking to everybody from musicians to artists to badass yoga nuns to black belts to everybody that I can get a hold of who are just supremely healthy, to, and um, to to see if we can't uh, spread some good news about about health. Oh my gosh, I have a person I need to send you Okay, please. But I'm getting stronger They take a piece of me But I'm getting stronger They take a piece of me But I'm getting stronger They take a piece of me But I'm getting stronger